Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, welcome is... to Mother Mary and the Masters with Samara Gabriel Grace. Did you ever hear a whisper of wisdom from a higher source? Have you felt the persistent encouragement of your angels and guides? Do you wonder if Mother Mary is still a part of Earth's evolutionary story? Sit back and listen as Samara channels the loving wisdom and light of Mother Mary and the Masters. Samara's life changed forever in the fall of 1997, when she received the first of many personal visitations from Mother Mary. In the decades since then, Samara has traveled the world serving as Mary's messenger, sharing her love and wisdom with those who are ready to receive it. Tune in now. Receive the insights and inspiration that Mary and the Masters offer to help you live a life of greater peace, deeper joy, and ever-abiding grace. Join us now for a close encounter of the divine kind. Well, hello, everyone. This is Samara, and I'm talking to you tonight from a kind of a cloudy, rainy, Cornville afternoon here, and I hope that you're having a beautiful day wherever you are. I, as, uh, as you heard in the earlier announcement, have been channeling Mother Mary since 1997, and during that time, what I've come to know is that there are patterns in our lives of protection and patterns in our lives of creation. And so tonight, Mother Mary will be talking a little bit about the patterns that you may have in your life that you may or may not be aware of and whether or not they are serving you or perhaps they are inhibiting you from creating the life that you would like to have. I also want to talk a little bit about a project that I'm involved in, um, and I'll, I'll bring that up in just a moment. But before I go into any more detail, what I want to have each of us do that are listening, whether it's tonight or you're listening to the recording, take a breath. I mean it, literally, ah, take a breath. The world right now is, is poised before the election uh, here in the U.S., and there's been a lot of anger and a lot of upset and a lot of mudslinging. And I think it's created a sense of frustration and rage and apathy and all sorts of feelings on the part of many, many people. And what I want to tell you tonight, and I know Mother Mary can echo that, is that if we dwell in those emotions, we sort of, it's sort of like simmering in a soup of unexpressed and unhealed energy. So clarity and peace and breath are absolutely the beginning of being able to then choose and create. So we're starting by taking a beautiful breath. And I'm just going to ring a bell. Ah, there we go, to clear the way. So first, I'd like to just do a shout-out to my beloved friend and co-hostess there in Crystal Lake. Hi, Mary Elizabeth. How are you doing? Absolutely wonderful. And one thing I want to say about what you just said is that, you know, one of my favorite people, I know one of your favorite people is a light work organization is Steve Rother. And he looks at all of this as a game. 
and it makes it so much easier thinking that, you know what, this was all kind of prearranged. We kind of all created this, and now we're just kind of sitting back in the stands and just kind of watching all the craziness in the world happen, knowing that this is just a game. And it just makes it a little easier not to take it so serious. <laughs> I love that, Mary Elizabeth, because you're right. On on one level, mm-hmm. it is just a wild and crazy game. And just like the video mm-hmm. games that some people are so enamored of and all of the games we see on TV and the reality shows, it is just a game. And I think for me, and, and I know for you as well, when we can just step back a little bit and watch it and not get immersed mm-hmm. in it in a way that is destructive to our peace, hey, it is. It's just a game. And, of course, I met you through Steve Rother, gosh, quite mm-hmm. a few years ago. Right. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, and I just, you know, I think so many people, and I see myself getting caught up in it too every once in a while, you start getting caught up into that drama. And it's it can get very, very addicting, and it's just that you've got to step back and just let it all kind of swirl around you like a storm. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, um, in just a moment, I'm going to bring Mother Mary in to talk about um, all of the, the patterns and what we can do about it. But I have a sort of a special story for myself that I wanted to share with everyone uh, tonight. Some of you know my history, and of course some of you don't, but... Mother Mary came to me in 1997, and I had no devotion to Mother Mary prior to that. Of course, I knew who she was, but I was surprised and bewildered. Like, why would she come to talk to me? You know, it just it kind of blew my mind. Over time, now that it's been, gosh, it's going to be going on 20 years pretty soon, what I've discovered is that I had a life at the time of Jesus. And that has been a profound unveiling for me. And I know many of the people that are attracted to the work that I do and are attracted to Mother Mary also lived at the time of Jesus. And I think it really can begin to create a sense of of community, but also a sense of history as Mary Elizabeth was just saying, you know, it's all a game, and yet there's also, I believe, a profound purpose behind why we're here and why we're here now. And so after channeling Mother Mary all of these years, she told me a few years back that I would bring forth a new form of Reiki. And we were in Hawaii at the time, and I was praying in a little chapel, and Mother Mary came through and said, you know, I want you to begin to teach a new form of Reiki. And I was a little surprised. I had taken um, Yusui Reiki, the traditional Reiki, back in the 1990s and become a Reiki master and, and had a wonderful experience and taught Reiki. But I, I was a little puzzled. Why would we need a new form of Reiki? Well, she said that this would be a Reiki called Mana Reiki, and it was an inner Reiki that would awaken and shift patterns of energy within the body of each person that had been created over time that needed to change. Now, (laughs) those of you that have taken Reiki, you know it is a beautiful and powerful energy. The difference with Mono Reiki that I came to know and understand was that in addition to all that you would learn in traditional Reiki, we had access to and attunements with Mother Mary for compassion, Archangel Michael for courage, 
and Archangel Metatron for commitment. And all of it was about unearthing and revealing the patterns within ourselves that we had created that were no longer for our highest good. So I started doing that about five or six years ago. Well, the reason I'm bringing it up tonight is that there's been another unfolding that has occurred. Um, It happened about two years ago, and it was called the White Star. And so I kept hearing White Star, White Star, and a little confused about it. And over time, because, again, in my life, things are not all (laughs) revealed at once. They kind of go step by step. What was revealed to me was that the White Star was the planet Venus, where, again, many of us had originated. And from that planet of Venus, the white star was again shining forth to remind us and help us to remember how to create unconditional love and how to feel unconditional love and how to share unconditional love. And some of the beings in charge of that that were originally from Venus um, were of the Galactic Council. So I, as Mother Mary's obedient being, I just started opening up and channeling some of the beings that came from Venus and other places, the Galactic Council, and offering this information. Well, about two months ago, I received a visitation from a being who identified herself as Artemis. Now, if you study your history and go back in history before the, the Greeks and Romans, you come to find out about the goddess Artemis. And I, I was confused. You know, it's sort of like I, I had finally absorbed Mother Mary, and then I was sort of getting comfortable with the Galactics, and now here comes Artemis. And what Artemis had revealed, has revealed to me is that on the earth, as many of you know, there are many, many temples that are built on top of temples from people who feel the energy of what had gone before and either uh, destroy that temple and build their new one on top of it, etc., etc. Well, the Temple of Artemis, which was one of the seven wonders of the world until it was destroyed, the remains of that are in Ephesus, Turkey, where Mother Mary spent her last days. And all of that information, I'm putting it out tonight on the radio because what's happening, I believe, is that the lives that we've had previous to now, that perhaps went back as far as we could remember to the life of Jesus and the times of Jesus, actually go back much further. And I had a vision in which I was in the temple of Artemis when it was still vital and vibrant and alive and there were 22 of us and we were all the white star maidens at the temple of artemis and our job was to weave a tapestry that was so beautiful that anyone that saw it or touched it or even heard about it their heart and their mind would be healed and so we were quite happy there the 22 of us and we just continue to do what we were bidden to do, meanwhile enjoying every moment. 
And I believe that Mary was there and Mary was our teacher, the Mary that would later become the mother of Jesus. And out of that has come an understanding within me um, that we are so much more than human beings in this little life that we're in right now, that we are really souls, mighty souls from other times and places and planets here now to reawaken and remember and create. And so I wanted to share that with you because part of the guidance that I'd received around the White Star Reiki was that I would attune 22 masters. And those of you that have studied Reiki, you may remember that Mrs. Takata, who had taken over from uh, Dr. Sui and then Mr. Hayashi, attuned 22 masters. And that out of that have come literally thousands and thousands of other masters trained by those original 22 and the ones that trained with them and on and on and on. And so what I'm being with tonight and sharing with you tonight is that part of my opening to the patterns of creation has been to trust the process and to not get ahead of myself, but to recognize that somehow all the way back to the temple of Artemis, where Mary was and where I was and where some of you were, we have now returned not to weave a tapestry in a physical sense, but to be the tapestry in the greater sense, the tapestry of light, the tapestry of love, the tapestry of compassion, and the tapestry of hope. And on this journey now, I, I just have so much gratitude and so much wonder that somehow this all happened to me because I trusted and I listened and I was willing to have other people misunderstand me. I was willing to have other people um, essentially reject me for who I am. And I tell you all that tonight because in just a moment when we bring Mother Mary through and she talks about it, I want you to know that if you do decide to take a look at your patterns and to make any changes, it is a process. For me, it's been now um, 19 years. And at the same time, new wonders keep showing up because it is much more a cycle than it is a linear point A to point B. And so I just wanted to share that. And um, the last part I want to share is that out of that instruction that I would be training 22 Reiki masters, which kind of blew my mind, I live in a small town outside of Sedona. There's many, many other Reiki master teachers. I didn't know how that could happen. But I already have seven amazing, strong, and beautiful, and gifted women in my uh, training program. And so tonight I'm just putting that out. So perhaps you or someone you know is one of the other 15. And I'm excited about that and can't wait to welcome you if that's what's true for you. So that's my story of 
the temple of the White Star Maidens and being open to that and recognizing that the pattern in my life that was holding me back at the time was, why me? Why would somebody of the stature of Mother Mary choose me? And so I've had to get out of my own way with that and just say, we're all worthy, and therefore I am worthy too. So I'm going to bring Mother Mary in in a moment, but I want to go back to Mary Elizabeth for just a second. Any reaction to my story? Absolutely. Um, It's kind of weird. When I look at my third eye, a lot of the time when I see, I see like a circle of robes almost like, kind of like goldish robes. I know they're women standing in a circle. And I always just assumed it was the Divine Feminine, the Magdalenes. But when you, the minute you said the White Star of Maidens, I knew that's who that was. Wow, I got chills when you said that. And Woo! 22 happens to be my favorite number, and it's my birth date, too. So just throwing it out there. (laughs) All right. Well, again, we can talk later and just see how that all feels because the other thing I'll just say about that before we bring Mother Mary in, this is about a nine-month to one-year training program because what Dr. Asui has offered um, through me, through a channeling, a number of channelings I've done with him, is that it's all about the inner work to allow your life to, on the outside, match the inside. So Mm -hmm. this Reiki isn't about, you know, how do I hold my hands in a certain way or how do I clear energy uh, to to give a session? It's all about the shifting of patterns within that have in some way, you know, held people, held people back. So, yes, so I'm putting it out and yes, you are probably very much one of the White Star Temple Maidens and, um, Yeah, that would make me very happy. So without further ado, let me just take a moment and shift into Mother Mary and see what she would like to say to all of us tonight. Hmm. Well, hello to all who are listening. And I think before I say much more of anything about what Samara has just mentioned, what I want to say is wake up. Wake up to who you are and why you're here. Wake up, wake up, wake up. All of you have such glorious riches within you. And so the reason I'm bringing up the idea of patterns tonight, which we'll talk about in just a moment, is that the pattern of withholding your lusciousness from yourself is inhibiting having a luscious life. And so what is needed is a shift in consciousness, a shift in what you say to yourself about yourself, and a recognition that you, each of you, is every bit as glorious as anyone who has ever lived on this planet, period. Every bit as glorious. Now, 
if you're not feeling that, if you're not recognizing that, if you're not allowing that, then therefore what happens is you only feel and see a portion of who you are. And the rest is hidden from you, and therefore it's hidden from the world. So I want you to wake up and come out. <laughs> and what does that mean? How do you do it? What, what does it look like? Well, what I want to talk about is the patterns of protection that have kept you in your own way safe from too much criticism or too much whatever that you didn't want have now become your prison. They've become your prison. And so what's important is to realize if you are not living a life in which you are happy, in which you are peaceful, in which you are fulfilled and productive, there's something inside you that is withholding portions of you from what would otherwise create peace, happiness, fulfillment, joy, etc. It has nothing to do with the economy. It has nothing to do with someone else who's made you do this or not let you do that or whatever it was. It is within. It is an inside job. And all that is really required is to wake up. You are made of God. You are made of light. You are made of love. You are made of the beauty and grace and glory of God. So if you are not feeling that, in, even if you're not believing that, the patterns of your protection are obstructing that viewpoint. And so the way out is, first of all, to wake up and say, well, there must be something I'm doing or not doing that is keeping me from having the life that I would like. And so then you begin to envision what, what's missing. What, what do I really want to be doing? What did I love as a child that I'm not doing now? What is it that I believe about this world or the people in it that is keeping me captive held in this grip that I seemingly cannot escape. Well, during the waking up process, the homework is quite simple. Look around, and you can use the Internet or you can use any other method that works for you, and find at least one person who has a similar issue and background to you who has changed it. Just one. Just start with one. And ask yourself and research, what did they do? How did they, I don't know, um, lose a leg and continue to surf? How did they become a para-Olympian? How did they create a company when they had no money to start with? What is it? What did they do? And at least for a little while, to the best of your ability, do what they did. 
emulate that. Give yourself the experience of stepping out of the old comfort zone and doing something differently. Because when you're in your comfort zone, in the way that I'm speaking about it, you're in the prison of the patterns that are holding you captive. So find at least one person who's done something extraordinary who has a similar issue to you. The second thing to change your patterns is to think about what do I tell myself on a regular basis about myself? Do I praise myself? Do I say, yes, you can? Or am I always saying, oh, why bother? Why bother? Why bother? What is so important now is to begin to think of yourself like a, like a little child again, that you need to be congratulated, you need to be uh, praised, and you need to be encouraged to try something new. Because the difference between saying an affirmation and creating a change is all about congruence between what you're saying and what you're believing. So all of you that keep affirming things and then it doesn't happen, what's going on is that within yourself there is still a conflict. There is not congruence. So you can say, I am rich, and then say, yeah, really, look at my bank account. And so you stop the energy of creation, and you create a pattern of disappointment. Now, in Samara's story, she told you how it's been almost 19 years or so. And why is that important? Does it mean that she was unhappy for 18 years and only now she's happy? No. What it meant is that instead of being a reactor to that which was being said around her, oh, channeling is stupid, no one will ever come and listen, how will you make money at that, etc., etc., she became a creator, a believer, and a truster. And she trusted her own inner experience. And most of all, darlings, what you must trust is your own knowing. And it's not the N-O-I-N-G. It's the K-N-O-W-I-N-G that I'm speaking about. Stop saying no to yourself. Start listening to that inner place that says, hmm, I wonder what it would be like if I did this. I wonder what it would be like if I did that. And then take the steps in that direction. So much that is happening now is really designed for upheaval. Just turn on the TV and watch the election parts for a few minutes and you'll see. It's all about upheaval. And the upheaval that we're speaking about for each of you is to jump out, emerge from 
break away from the bonds that no longer serve you. And this sometimes includes all of the negative thoughts that have held you back in all of this time. And so as you're beginning to shift now, and I'm already feeling that, recognize there is no requirement for suffering. No requirement for suffering. There is no requirement for suffering. Stop suffering. Stop suffering over the world. Stop suffering over your own self-imposed criticisms. Stop suffering in your life. You can change that. Begin by recognizing I am a child of God and I choose to live in love and peace and hope and blessing, period. Strengthen that. Allow that. Grow that. And perhaps you will have to let go of some relationships. Perhaps you will have to let go of some clubs that you belong to where everyone gets together and talks about how awful everything is. Find the path of your knowing. And that has to include a sense of being happy, being fulfilled, being peaceful. And, and I want to say having a place in the world. All of you have a place in this world. That is this new tapestry that is being woven. And so for each of you now, it is a path of your own choosing. And so I'm inviting you and essentially really pleading with you to give up suffering. Give it up. Say, I'm not going to suffer anymore. I'm going to choose the activities and the people and the choices and the life that are right for me, that are nurturing for me, that are good for me, that are loving for me, so that I can have all of that and also so I can put my energy back into the world in the ways that I'm guided to do. Samara asked me when I first came to her, why do you keep coming, Mary, all of these years, thousands of years now? You keep appearing and coming and people see you and talk to you. What, what is it? Why are you coming? And I told her what I'm telling you tonight. You're all still afraid to love. You're afraid to love yourselves. You're afraid to love each other. And you're afraid to love your life. And I ask of all of you, fear not, fear not. Love your life, love yourself, love each other. Not conditionally, 
Not when they do the dishes or when they take out the garbage. Not when they give you gifts. Love each other as you do deeply know how to love and as you wish to be loved. Lavish each other with love. Live to love. It's interesting when Samara was on the phone with a person a few days ago, and the person had just read about Samara's earlier life that's in her dissertation. And she was shocked. She said, Samara, when I met you, you were the most loving, open, and warm person I had ever met. And I thought you must have grown up in such a family. And when I read about your mother being a scientist and your father being a playboy and how they basically just left you alone, I couldn't believe you had become this loving person. And Samara said quite simply, I became what I needed. And that's the challenge for each of you. Become what you need. Become what you need. And then you are fulfilled. And that is what you offer back to everyone else. Become what you need. So much I could tell you, and yet what I feel as each of you are listening is, are you really talking to me? And I am. Each and every one of you is a precious, precious child of God. And so this aspect of patterns of creation means that if you haven't received what you need in the world or from other people, give it to yourself. Lavish yourselves with love and then allow that to fill you that you might then be able to lavish others with love. Now, before I go on and on and on, because I know I can. <laughs> um, Mary Elizabeth, did you have any question or comment about what's been said so far? I do. I mean, you know, sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. So how can you? How can we recognize those really subconscious patterns that might be guiding us that we have no idea are actually there? Such a good question. Thank you for asking that. I think the simplest thing is to realize, sort of take an assessment of your life. You know, sometimes in those wonderful TV shows, they have little wheels of, you know, uh, friendship and job and emotion and health and all that. And you could, if you like those mm-hmm. sorts of things, you can use any assessment tool that you can find uh, on the Internet. And ask yourself, how am I doing? Just ask yourself, how am I doing? Okay? And mm-hmm. literally assess your relationships, 
your job, your family life, your housing, your car, your health, you know, everything that sort of is in your life right now. And if you can't give yourself at least a B, at least an 80, (laughs) there's work to be done. And, you know, if you can give yourself at least a B, then there's some tweaking, but that's pretty darn good. And then what you do is you take a look, for instance, let's just pick something that so many people are aware of today, which is health, right? And you think to yourself, well, I know I should drink more water. I know I should walk. I know I should, you know, go to the gym or, again, whichever things you, you feel are right for you. But I don't go. And... Sometimes perhaps you tell yourself it's the money, the gym membership or something, but pretty much walking is free <laughs> mm-hmm. and doing uh, exercises in your house is free. So you, you then you take a look and say, why am I not doing what I know is right for me? Why am I still eating foods that I know after I've eaten them upset me? Why am I still drinking to excess and then falling on the floor and not really enjoying it at any rate. And so when you have taken one area of your life and and taken a look at what it is that you know you should be doing for yourself and you're not, the question I would say to ask yourself is, why do I believe I'm not worth it? And when you ask yourself that question, what often happens is a memory of someone saying something to you that was cruel or unkind or demeaning will come up. Sometimes the opposite is true. Well, if I was really healthy and feisty and good-looking, I don't know, maybe I would be too attractive and I would be tempted and my, I might stray from my husband or my wife, so I better just keep myself a little chunky here and I, I won't have to do that. So you become a little bit of a detective in those situations, asking yourself, what is it that I'm afraid of? Or what is it that I believe means I'm not worthy or worth having the right food or or coming into balance or whatever. And I think the other part of it, and I know you had this in your training, Mary Elizabeth, what am I hiding from? Or how am I using this to hide something? Because most destructive behaviors come either from a deep sense of unworthiness or they come from a fear that if you did sort of the opposite, if you did what was good for you, the result would be negative. And so when you take yourself through that process, through health, through job, through relationships, etc., now you have sort of the, the understanding of what is this, why has this pattern stayed with me? Because it has served to be my shield to be my, in a way, protection from something. And now the stronger part of you that now has this information has to make the decision to dismantle it, 
to find instead a joy of being in in this case eating natural and wonderful food or not drinking to excess or choosing the activities walking etc that feels good to you you have to believe you're worth it and you have to believe you're safe and when i say you're safe what i mean by that is that you're not always safe from the criticisms of others but when you're choosing what's right for you there is a quality of grace that emerges and over time it grows into this beautiful sort of fountain of grace and Samara hates it when I use her as an example but I'm going to anyway <laughs> when people say to Samara anything negative about her channeling me she can smile now <laughs> and that might seem very small to you but it was very much a part of the process of not taking it personally of not getting reactive and not getting angry and not getting sad but just realizing that is their truth that is their reality and she doesn't have to put it onto herself and so when you discover within yourself this knowing that you are a precious child of god and you're here to live a life of joy and peace and well-being and maybe that means you can't uh, in samara's case eat gluten anymore but rather than throwing a pity party you learn to cook with coconut flour <laughs> <laughs> and so that's really it you begin to choose the things that really do nourish you and feel right to you and if someone is going to uh, rain on your parade or try to rain on your parade you just hand them an umbrella <laughs> so <laughs> or you raise your own umbrella. I guess that's a better right. analogy Absolutely. for that. Absolutely. No, that makes so, perfect sense. So Mary Elizabeth, I know you're up for a new job. Yes. I am. What I want to say is you've got it. Why thank you. You know, from the very beginning I kind of thought I did. And then I was talking to Samara earlier and it's like, well, is that kind of a pattern of protection? Um, maybe not necessarily what I was put on earth to do, or is it a pattern of creation allowing us to have more income to do what we want to do? Right, and I think she began to talk about it, and I want to add to that because, again, every choice and opportunity could be one or the other or both, right? Protection and mm -hmm. creation. Now, Right. When I was speaking about uh, protection earlier, what I was saying is there are patterns in each of your lives that are, in a way, inhibiting having even more richness and, and love and nourishment, etc. And so those patterns mm -hmm. are not helping anymore. And so the protection is becoming like a like a straitjacket, right? Right. So what I want to say about you and and the new job. The creation is of having a more balanced life. And for you, Mary Elizabeth, balance is a very important aspect of your well-being. Oh, absolutely. And, and even to the extent that 
it might mean, yes, someone else might have to help cook. <laughs> it might mean more uh, evenings of to-go meals. It might mean many other things. Creation is all about saying yes to what's right for yourselves. Protection is sort of putting up a barrier, saying, oh, I'm not so sure, and what if this happens, or what if that happens? So it's sort of all of this negative thinking that could that really okay. would be raining on the parade. Okay. Because so, I was looking at it as being something that I was, I was falling back on something that I knew that maybe wasn't the direction I was supposed to go on, but it was comfortable and I would get paid for it. Right. Where now I think you're at a place where you're seeing that this opportunity could be the best of both worlds. Right. And that's exactly how I'm looking at it. And therefore you've got it. <laughs> and so why thank you <laughs> well and the reason I'm, I'm bringing you into the picture here is that as all of you that are listening to the show and, and, and making some progress in this regard realize that your ability to think about things also affects the outcome how you think about it affects it so if you were thinking of it, which I'm glad you're not, as uh, sort of a, a step back, then it would be. Mm-hmm. Instead, I believe that you and Joseph are now thinking of it as an opportunity to grow and build an even more fabulous life. Absolutely. And the reason I'm, again, sort of emphasizing you and the situation is that so many people today, and Metatron had a wonderful lecture about it in, in Reiki 1, he talks about butt hats, B-U-T, and then hats, right? So every time something wonderful is being presented to you, and then you say, well, yes, but it would uh, mean I can't cook dinner every night but it would mean I'll be commuting, but it would mean etc. What begins to happen, and Metatron illustrated this by putting a, a fake hat on each time he, anyone said but, and so pretty <laughs> soon he was so weighed down, he was practically you know, kneeling on the floor, right? Right, right. And so all of you that are listening, it's about realizing don't, don't add but hats to what you're creating. Look at each opportunity realistically, absolutely, with discernment, absolutely, with clarity, absolutely, but begin to build and rather than but. So some evenings I might be a little late and we can order to go. (laughs) Some evenings, uh, you know, and so you, you begin to shift what would otherwise put you back, and I'm, I'm saying you, but I mean all of you, into a place where some of your energy is moving ahead and some of your energy is moving backwards. And so obviously as a result, you're not taking off to the extent that you perhaps would like to. You're not moving ahead to the extent that you would like to. And so the pattern of creation is to say yes and And as I said, with discernment, with recognition, with clarity, with responsibility, and 
and and and so congratulations <laughs> well, that's what I've been doing. It's like, yes, and we can refinance the house. Yes, and we can fix up the house. Yes, and we can, you know, afford, you know, X, Y, Z. So Exactly, exactly. Right. And so you begin to build this pattern of creation, and that mm-hmm. is simply going to lead to many of the other things that you perhaps have had on the back burner. Oh, and we can go on vacation, and we can have dinner out every yep. once in a while, or whatever, you know. And it's sort of like it becomes a little like a child playing with Legos, right? Oh, and we mm-hmm. can add a tower, and we can add a, a thing over here, and we can make <laughs> it go higher, and we can have a bridge, and we can do this, and we can do that. And it puts you into the stream of creation, And that's really what I want for all of you, because this is not a stream of greed. Part of what I want to highlight tonight, and I know you've been, some of you have been watching the political mudslinging, etc. Creation that is done from knowing, K-N-O-W-I-N-G, is built from love. It's built from inclusion. It's built from wanting the best for everyone. It's built from a sense of generosity. It's built from a sense of service. It's built from a sense of community. It is not built from greed. And I know so many of you, not you, Mary Elizabeth, but so many of you took vows of poverty and chastity and obedience in other lives And you have a hard time sometimes with creating money and allowing that to be wonderful and spent in enjoyable and joyous and fulfilling ways. And we want to say, stop. Those vows are not for this life. The vow of charity, obedience, and chastity did not come from God. It came from a priesthood hell-bent on keeping you captive. So what I want to say is it's beautiful to create money that you then use in the ways that feel right to you to have a fulfilling life. So the patterns of creation are built from unconditional, deep-seated joy, love, peace, and fulfillment. And from that comes a happy, happy, happy life. And that's really what we want for all of you. Now, I don't know if there's anyone online with a question. Any ideas about that, Mary Elizabeth? Actually, we don't. It's just us. (laughs) Well, I guess they're all in their patterns of protection rather than creation. (laughs) And that's all right. Let's have a little fun together, you and me, Mary Elizabeth. So let's just just imagine that, all right, you've gotten a job, you've had a chance to go out and go shopping and get some uh, new clothing for your beautiful wardrobe to feel happy and comfortable with all of that. You've gone there Mm -hmm. the first day. What are you feeling and what are you telling yourself to keep this creation beautifully flowing? 
One, uh, joy. One, working with very like-minded people in a very positive culture. Um, doing good for, they work with so many different charities as well all around town. They're very involved with the community. Um, so I'm actually putting a lot of light into the world by working with a company like that. I love what you just said. I'm putting a lot of light into the world by working with this company. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. You see, and from that understanding, that again, I love that it came directly from you, <laughs> from that understanding, <laughs> can you see why this can only be good? Oh, absolutely. And that and was, so you know, when I was creating this, I actually, there was two things. There was one, well, actually three things. It was a marketing position. It was close. I didn't want to have a long commute. And it had a culture that was positive and filled with light. And right. that's what I created. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And yes, you did. Mm-hmm. And so for all of you that perhaps will listen to the show at a later time, what I want to say is, Trust yourselves enough to give yourself what you know you need. And that is exactly what you did. And so for the last couple of minutes, I'm just going to send energy. And um, if we have any music, you can play it. But I'm going to just send the love from the White Star Temple to all of you. So just put the music on, Mary Elizabeth, and we'll we'll end a couple minutes early as we send out this love. Okay. Illuminations. Illuminations. It's time for illuminations. Sorry about that. That was the wrong music. (laughs) (laughs) We want the music of creation. (laughs) Exactly. All right, go ahead. So to all of you, I send my love and my blessings. Wake up. Wake up to creation. Wake up to your love. Wake up to your life. And fill it with all good things you know are right for you. You are deeply loved, deeply held. Signing off now, Namaste.